Hello, it's Aiden Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree, Tuesday the 19th of November, 2019. <sighs> My back hurts. My back's sore, man. I don't know why. I tried to crack it in bed this morning, but I was too t- You know, I was just like trying to crack it so that it would stop hurting. So I did the little twist thing, but I, I wasn't committed I didn't, uh, I didn't really put my back into it, I guess. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm in the Gold Coast, man. I've been in the Gold Coast since Sunday. Uh, it's been nice, actually. It's been very nice. The fire zone is close as I thought. Fuck. I mean, that's... Oh, there's a lot to talk about. There's been fires in Australia. If anyone's listening from outside Australia, I've spoken to some people in the UK. Apparently, they're not really reporting it, which, I mean, I guess, but... There's fucking fires, man. I've just read actually just now that um, there's been 1.2 million hectares, I think, burned. And that's in the last week. And that is the equivalent of the entire 93-94 fire season. I don't know if the 93-94 fire season was like especially bad or if that was like, if that was like a really great fire season when not that much... Um, not that much stuff burned, so, like, that's what they're comparing that to, you know, this one week has been worse than a whole pretty tame fire. I don't know. I don't know really what that means, but it's a lot, isn't it? Uh, apparently, at some point last week, they were fighting fires uh, with a fire front all, like, added up of 6,000 Ks, as in, like, the circumference, you know, of each fire all added up. 6,000 Ks, which is Sydney to Melbourne and back, Whew, just lots of fire. Um, and when I was flying over from uh, Melbourne to Sydney, um, you could see all the smoke, sorry, from Melbourne to Gold Coast, you could see all of the smoke as we kind of uh, went down on the descent towards the Gold Coast. You could see, like, smoke over the over the land. Um, there was some lady next to me, and uh, she was just looking out the window, and I just started, I was just like, yeah, it's fucking crazy, isn't it? She was like, yeah, man. Um, her family, like, were living out uh, in the bush just, like, south of the Gold Coast, and she was going out there to fucking suss it out. They hadn't been made to evacuate yet, but I don't know. A lot of people have been affected by it, and it's very scary. Um, I actually, I spoke to a friend of mine in Bolivia of um when I lived over there when I was 20 it was the uh Christian the the brother in the host family one of the brothers in the host family that I stayed with because there's some big shit going down in Bolivia at the moment as well um Evo Morales who is is the president or was the president um I can't remember exactly what's happening but the, in Cochabamba, which is the city that I lived in for those months when I was there, there's been huge protests um, and, like, violent protests and, and people fucking... Wait, let me... I'll find the message. I just... I'm, I'm keenly aware of how, like, the world just seems to be fucking tearing itself apart, you know? Where is it? Christian... Here we go. 
Um, I said, uh, what's going on, Cochabamba? I hope your friends and family are safe. And he said, it's bad right now, mostly in the rural areas, but apparently they'll hit the city tomorrow, according to my sister. This is all because of Evo Morales and the electoral fraud that took place in October. Since then, the people took to the streets, outraged, demanding new elections, and of course his resignation. Due to this, there were many confrontations across the nation with Evo supporters who mostly consist of Indigenous people, but apparently most of them are being forced to go out and fight in his name or they'll lose their land and such. Fuck, these people are attacking the peaceful protests carried out for 20 days straight. Since then, Morales resigned on national television and fled the country to Mexico. And of course, the next two or three people that would take presidency have also quit. So next in line was Jeannie Anes. Now Evo followers don't accept her as the new president. So now they're taking the streets, destroying the city and fighting the police and anyone in their way. It's fucking disgusting, man. The family is safe, thankfully, not really leaving unless for food and supplies, but who knows how much longer this shit is going to last. I mean, fuck. So I just saw that and I, you know, I was just like, hey, man, I hope everything's okay. And he was like, yeah, it's this and I hope you're right. And I was like, well, you know, the fucking whole east coast of my country is on fire this week. And, uh, and then I fucking see... In uh, in in Venice, they've had like catastrophic flooding, but the worst flooding uh, since the records would started to be taken in like the eighteen fifties. So that city's fucking going underwater, and they estimate a billion pounds worth of damage. I mean, what's going on? I. Yeah, it's I, I don't know what's going on. I said that like I was about to try and answer the question. Well, I mean, we all know exactly what's going on. Global warming is what's going on. Oh, me drinking my fucking tea. That's what's going on, dude. Yeah, I mean, I get I started to think like maybe this is what's going to happen with the fires. That's the thing that I can relate to, right? Like we've been reading about all of the all of the firefighters are getting so tired because they've been out there fighting them for a week. And before that, you know, they've been doing burn-offs and it's been some, by some accounts, it's been like all go since July. They've been like working like crazy trying to do controlled burns in the tiny windows that they have to burn all the shit off so that it's safe when it gets hot. <sighs> and, um, and they're all so tired and exhausted now fighting these fires around the clock. And it's like, what happens next? Like if, if it keeps going, if it gets worse, to more like they've they've already drafted the the army and the reserves apparently, um going to help and then it's like, do they start asking for more people to volunteer out of the general population? I mean, I I started to think that this is kind of like, like in you know in the last century they had war right, and I mean we'll have war in this century I'm sure. <laughs> Fuck. What am I talking about? I want to keep going. <laughs> they'll, they'll have, they'll, there'll be war. But um, the main like struggle that we face, this generation, is climate change, isn't it? And these are the kinds of things that are going to happen with climate change. It's, it's uh, natural disasters, it's fires and floods and, and uh, the world changing. Because I've heard people say like uh, the phrase, we've built our civilization on a cliff edge. Meaning 
we built our civilization to be uh, we, we've built it under the conditions under a specific set of environmental conditions in the world like a cliff you know you build your house on a cliff but how did the cliff get there well it used to be more and then the bits fell away until it became a cliff so of course just because you built your house there doesn't mean the bits are going to stop falling away the cliff is eventually going to collapse and your house is going to collapse and that's kind of what we've done on our city. like look at venice man building a city it's beautiful but to build a city where the water is like just there, like it's right there, and you think that that's never going to change. The water's either going to go up or down at some point, and if it goes up, then your city's flooded, and if it goes down, then why well, you get to smell a bunch of bike tires in the river, I guess. But that's, I mean, in all situations, you know, we build these cities in places where it's great to build a city, but then in like over fucking hundreds of years the climate changes and, and suddenly we've got fire bearing down on us. I started thinking uh, about stories from World War Two and about, you know, groups of groups of young dudes going to join up in the military with their friends and they were treating it like it was exciting, you know. And I started thinking about, like, what if me and my friends joined up to go and fight the fires, you know? <laughs> like... Um, like, maybe that's what it comes to. The general population having to go out and and fucking lend their hands to fight fires so that our cities don't burn down. It's not that crazy. Is that a crazy thing to think and be scared of? I don't think it's that insane. And then I started getting all dramatic about, like, oh, you know, in, in World War Two, all the young lads, they thought it was an adventure, and then they went out and they found out what war really was and that's that would absolutely happen to me and my friends like we'd all go out going it's gonna be sick man we're gonna camp we're gonna go camping and like we're gonna fucking i'll hold a hose (laughs) and then you get there and 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 a koala bites one of your mates fucking heads off and it was never the same i get worried about what the place of comedy is in this new modern world if everyone's out fighting fires you know there's not as many gigs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> everyone's out fighting the fires there's no open mic at spleen on mondays uh which is the greatest tragedy of all <laughs> i'm just scared is all what it'll be a steady I, i'm really thinking about the end of the world man because it, it's like it's going to be a steady thing you know like maybe this year we'll have a really bad fire season. Maybe the fires will burn for another week and then it'll stop, but then it'll be more at Christmas and it'll be all really bad and everyone will be all scared at, in, like, March. And then maybe we'll get some rain and maybe next year's fire season won't be so bad and then everyone will forget the fear and we'll start thinking about all the other bullshit that's going on and maybe one year will be kind of bad and we'll be like, oh, remember the fires, but I wasn't that bad. I guess we've got better at fighting it. And then one year it'll be fucking way worse than it is this year and like a million people will die. And no one does anything. No one's doing anything. The fucking... There's still people in the paper going... Like, the I don't even know their names. I don't know their names. I don't want to fucking know their names because they're not... I want to say they're not important, but then are they the ones making the decisions? There's these cunts in the fucking 
in the papers and giving interviews on the radio and whatever, going, oh, it's just inner city lefties that are worried about climate change. This is not the time to talk about climate change. This is the time to fight the fires. How the fuck do we fight the fires? Then you can't. It's fucking climate change. We are changing the climate, and that's why these fires are getting worse. And all of the people who fight the fires, who live in these towns and fire chiefs, are saying it's the worst they've ever seen, and we want to talk about climate change, and you're fucking putting words in their mouths and saying that, no, they just want your thoughts and prayers. They don't want your fucking thoughts and prayers, cunt. We don't want your thoughts and prayers. We want fucking action against climate change. I was driving down uh, Nicholson Street with some mates the other day on Sunday. Sunday? Saturday. After, uh, oh, big shout outs to Tom Wood on his beautiful bloody recipe for uh, chicken drumsticks. The other day, my boy Tom Wood, XTXTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTTT
They're, yeah, man. It was like one of those wooden fences that's like, I guess, six foot tall. And uh, that was like the front of someone's house, you know. And behind that, there was a tree. And then maybe five metres back from the fence was the uh, front door of their house. And we drove past and the, the flames were already licking above the fence and up the tree. And... Uh, Someone came out with like a tiny little fire extinguisher and put out a bit of the fire, but it didn't really work. And then people from the Italian restaurant came by uh, with a bigger fire extinguisher and tried to get it to work, but it just didn't work. It was just fucking dead. <laughs> Which is like, of course, one of those fucking, you know, old ass restaurants that pay all their staff like 15 bucks an hour. You really think they were going to have a fire extinguisher that worked? Um... I kept thinking, eventually the, uh, oh, I went down the road to the pub to be like, please, do you guys have a fire extinguisher? Someone's house is on fire. And they were like, oh, they just were no help whatsoever. They were like, oh, um, maybe, I'm not sure. Oh, get get the other girl. I'm like, God, just give me a fire extinguisher. Fucking hell. Nah, nothing. Um, they were just fucking whatever. I didn't, I don't think that they really realized exactly what was going on. That's the thing, isn't it? You have to actually see the fire to be like, holy fuck, there's a fire. <laughs> you can like, I can tell someone, hey, there's a fire. You can tell them all you want, but until they actually see the fire, it's like, uh, it's just somewhere else, you know? It doesn't really seem real. <sighs> but uh, eventually the fire, the fire boys rocked up. And I had a weird fear for a second. I haven't told anyone about this yet. That uh, years ago when I moved to London in 2014 and I was living above uh, this pub. <clears throat> and it was owned by a guy. Uh, it was in North Richmond and it was owned by... Uh, the, the dude who owned it also was a, a firefighter in the fire station across the road. And uh, when I left, I skipped out on like 600 bucks worth of rent. I was paying like 140 a week. He wasn't supposed to have people living there. That was the reason that I was like, I'm just going to do it because I know he can't catch me, you know? Because, um, yeah, it was like against the council regulations. He had six people living above this pub in the rooms, but you're not supposed to have people living above the pub and paying rent. It's like illegal or something. I don't know. Because I, I only know that because one time the council apparently got wind of the fact that there were people living there. And so we had to all like flip our rooms and put all of our shit in this little back area to make it look like there were just hotel rooms. Um, but anyway, so when I left, I, I skipped out on like five weeks worth of rent, like 600 bucks and, uh, and like an $80 bar tab and all this stuff. And when the, fi- <laughs> when the fire truck came, I was like, imagine if that dude who owned that pub was like a firefighter and just like showed up to this fire and I'm here. <laughs> How crazy it would look for everyone else there. Because I've thought about it every now and then, like a, a fucking a dude who was connected to the pub came over to Edinburgh that year in 2014 after I had left and kind of pulled me up and was like, you fucking skipped out on hundreds of dollars worth of rent for Mick and he's pissed and you should... You know, he gave me the, the third degree. He was basically, it was just like, you're a dickhead for doing that. And you need to pay that guy back. And I think I sent him like 200 bucks, maybe. Not all of it. I sent him some of it. 
I should try and find that email. <laughs> he was so mad. <laughs> he was so mad. <laughs> he was like, are you going to be a man? And whatever. It's a really shitty thing that I did. I, you know, I'm never, I'm not going to fix it. I'm never going to fucking fix that thing. But, uh, I wouldn't do it now. But whenever something happens to me, that's one of the things in my life that whenever, like when my bag got stolen at the start of this year, I think like, well, you know, that's what happens, man. Cause, uh, you stole that fucking money from that dude when you left out, when you moved out of his pub in 2014, you know what I mean? Like you, you ever like shitty things happen to you and you're like angry for a second and then you're like, wait, what's the shitty things that I've done in my life? How close are we to square? I still reckon I'm I'm probably owed a few things. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> um, but how funny would it have been if uh, if that guy had <laughs> rolled up in the fire truck and I'm just there, you know, like by this point, every, if everything's under control, so I'm just watching from across the road and he sees me from across the road and he's just like, Taco, you! <laughs> My money! <laughs> Just runs across the road in full fire gear and punches me in the face. And everyone else around who's there is like relieved that the fire brigade have come. And then one of the fire brigade just turns, runs across the road and punches a man in the face. (laughs) Oh my God, that would have been mayhem. I wish that had happened. Sometimes I think that as well, like awful things that I've done in my life. I'm like, if I could just, if the person who I did it to could just punch me in the face, that would actually make me feel a lot better, you know? Like, uh, like I know I was in the wrong. I'm never going to get the chance to pay it back. But if they just got to exact their physical revenge on me, then uh, that would probably help me forgive myself, you know? Maybe I do need to go and find where that dude is and give him his money back. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Should I do that? There's a few other people in my life who... There's uh, uh, the one that springs to mind that I always think about is my friend who... uh, I, I slept with his girlfriend when I was 20. And we were really good friends and... Like he asked me when me and her were friends first, and he asked me, "Hey man, <clears throat> should I um like is it cool if I go after this girl? Do you guys have anything going on?" And I totally liked her, but I was too much of a pussy at the time to be like, "Oh, yeah, actually, I like her." You know, like I was too scared to to a ask her out or b admit to anyone that I fucking liked her at all. So I just went, "Yeah, man, go for it," and then they started dating and then they kind of broke up and whatever. And she basically used me as currency in, in their, in their relationship, you know, like they had a fight and she was like, she messaged me one time when they had a fight and went, where are you? And, and we met up and I mean, I still chose to have sex with her, you know, I think about that. Cause me and him, he found out after, just after I'd moved to Melbourne, he found out that that had happened. And I always think about that and I'm like, fuck man, I've, like I fucked up that friendship and there are things that I'm never going to get to enjoy as much because I know me and him totally would have understood what's funny about like this or that thing or whatever. And uh, sometimes I like something happens and I think of that guy and I'm like, fuck man, if I could just, 
like if he was here, we would have an amazing laugh about that. But he's not because of that thing because because I had sex with his girlfriend, you know, and um, sometimes I think maybe one day I'll see him. And in my mind, when I see him, we're like, <laughs> he's wearing a suit. And I'm like, just wear like normal, just the clothes that I wear. I'm just wearing like pants and a fucking button up shirt. And he's wearing a suit and we're at some function or maybe, oh, maybe it's like, in my mind, we're at a wedding, but I don't know whose wedding we would be at because we don't have the same circle of friends anymore. But, uh, yeah, in my mind, we're at a wedding and, and I see him. And I don't even make the first move to talk to him. And he kind of squares up to me and looks me in the eye and just punches me in the face. And everyone goes, whoa. And I'm like, no, no, fuck. I'm like reeling and sore, but I'm like, it's fair. I'm sorry, man. And he's like, that's all right. And then we laugh about something and we're friends again. Me and the dude from that pub would never be friends again. That guy's a fucking weirdo. I just want to give him his money back because I feel bad, I think. Maybe I should do that. I should do that. Shouldn't I? I wonder how I can find him. <sighs> anyway, what else am I doing here? That's a, th- that's a thing for later, I reckon. That's a thing for like when I get my money from the comedy festival this year. Do I need to do that? <laughs> and now I'm like talking myself out of it. I don't want to do it though. <laughs> that guy wasn't even that great of a dude. <laughs> it's not like we were best mates or anything. It's just a guy that I've fucked over at some point in my life, but... I mean, <laughs> he's a firefighter though. Like, the, <laughs> is, the, <laughs> is that like, he's a firefighter. Like, that's a good dude, right? Like, I should be grateful. And he's probably, it's been what, five, six years, coming up to six years. Like, I wonder if he's still, I know the lease on his pub ended, so he doesn't own the pub anymore. So, like, is he still a firefighter or, like, is he retired? Maybe he doesn't have that much money. Maybe I should just hook him up with some money. He was never a bad dude. He let me live there. He did have a rule about no women living above the pub because it's too much trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, that was funny. It's like, no girls living here because they make too much trouble. I'm like, why not no more guys living here? Uh, because I'm a dude and I like guys, so no more girls. <laughs> isn't that crazy? It's just like weird gender nepotism, isn't it? The problem isn't the girls. The problem is guys and girls living in the same place together end up fighting with each other, especially when the guys and girls that you've got living in the place are all fucking borderline alcoholics, drug addicts, and, you know, fringe elements of society. It's not, it's not that you've got guys and girls living in the same place that is the problem. It's that you've got people living above a pub. <laughs> That's where the problem comes from, isn't it? It's the kinds of people that will subject themselves to living above a pub. Those kinds of people, just, they're not really suited to... Fucking getting along with each other. What were the guy's names? Trogsy. That was the guy who was like the main dude. Then there was Mark, who was a cross-dresser. He's probably... Tra- I bet he's trans now. I bet he's trans by now. Oh, 100%. It's five years ago. That's so interesting, isn't it? That's a fun game to play. 
as being trans has become more socially or like more acceptable in, in the cities, who in your life that you don't see anymore do you reckon would be trans now? That dude's definitely one of them. He used to even have another name when he wore his dress. He used to come down to the pub and wear a dress and shit and he would make you call him by a different name. And I used to laugh at him and think it was ridiculous. And you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have laughed at him. But I had bigger problems like stealing rent from people. Anyway, um, oh, that's wild to think. That guy would be trans now. Then there was uh, Whipper. Uh, and Maddie, fucking, I can't remember the, that dude's name. So that's Trogzy, Whipper, Mark, Maddie, me, and then the other dude, the fucking guy that was a chef that when the council came to inspect all the flats, Mick went into his, like, to inspect to see if there was anyone living above the pub because there shouldn't have been. We had to clean all the rooms out in, like, 24 hours, and the guy who owned the bar just went into the chef dude's room and was like... You know, like, oh, we got to start cleaning it out. Went in there and I just heard him down the hall go, Targo, have you seen this? I think I've told this story on the podcast before. Yeah, I definitely have. And the and the dude's room was all fucking disgusting. Oh, man. And it was like, you know, they had to get the Sharps people in to take all the... Ugh. That's why there's a problem though, right? It's not because... They're... It's not because there's fucking women living above there that the like really you're saying those six people so you've got uh, uh like a cross-dressing sound engineer uh a super Aussie like old fucking 50 year old like punk head a 23 year old stand-up comedian uh a, an alcoholic chef who's living in his own filth and then two other dudes who are also alcoholics of course there's going to be fights. I hated Mark so much. I fucking hated him. He used to, um, it was his washing machine above the pub and you had to pay him five bucks to use his washing machine. I used to take my clothes down the laundromat and pay more money because fuck him. And he would make you pay and if you didn't, he would, he would keep the, um, the hose that got the water to go from like the water pipe to the washing machine. He would like keep that hose and then when you gave him five bucks he would give you the hose so you could do your washing fucking what a piece of shit and when I moved out of that place for my um farewell I had like a a show at this bar in Melbourne and I auctioned off a bunch of stuff from my room under the guise of like the joke was like oh I'm moving to London I need money so here's some stuff can you buy it off me and one of the things I auctioned off was I took his laundry detergent (laughs) and sold it to someone Fuck you, Mark, or whatever your name is now. Sorry for dead naming you, but you're a cunt. Oh. Um, what else do I have to say? I, I, I think I might be done. What have we learned? We've learned that the world is fucked. We've learned that I should try and make amends for my bad things that I've done in my life, but I'm probably not going to give... Oh, I don't know. Nah, I'm not going to give that guy the money. Let's be honest. I'm not giving that guy his fucking money. (laughs) No way. You will never get your money back. (laughs) But my friend, who I know, I would take a punch in the face off him. I would absolutely take that. He was a big dude as well. He fucking would mess my face up. Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, that guy. We got the dude who I slept with his girlfriend, who was a good friend of mine. Fucking, I hope he punches me in the face one day. Um, I hope our politicians figure out a way to fix climate change. Anyone who's scared about the fires, I'm right there with you, man. And uh, and my thoughts and prayers to everyone who is battling this tragedy in Australia today. That's the podcast. This has been Aiden Jones. Thanks for listening. If you've liked it, check it out um, on Instagram, sitting under podcast. Go to my website, aidentacojones.com. I've got a bunch of shows, actually, coming up. If you're in the Gold Coast, by the way, come to my shows this week. You're probably not. Uh, I don't know if they don't know anyone in the Gold Coast. Other than that, I've got shows in Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, all locked in. They're all on my website. Tickets aren't on sale yet, except for Perth. But fucking who cares? Thanks for listening. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Bye. Yeah.